Imagine growing up on a farm in the middle of Kentucky. Your home is fairly big and you don't have neighbors for miles. Sometimes it might get a little lonely. So you decide to throw a small little party. A small party where you invite everyone in your family. Everyone eventually arrives and your party is a huge success. People are having fun, you're catching up with your family, little kids are running around having a blast. But then you notice that one of your family members has stepped out. You don't think much of it. That is until they come running into the house screaming about this unexpected intruder that has crashed your party. Hi everyone, my name's Tyler. And I'm Tori. And this is Tales of Grimm. This is our first time actually recording ourselves for um, the podcast. So I apologize if it looks awkward or I'm looking down. I'm reading notes right now. And uh... You should be better. You I, should memorize it. I sh actually, you're right. I should be better. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so we're trying something a little different. We're going to start putting the podcast on YouTube but so you have a visual aid this time around. But if this is the first time you're seeing this podcast um, on YouTube, check us out on Spotify if you don't like looking at our beautiful faces or something. But I like to think we got a little dolled up for this, you know? A little bit. Just a little bit, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today, the big story that we're going to be talking about is the... Kelly Hopkinsville Encounter. Tori, have you ever heard of that before? I don't think so. Ever. Excellent. Another way this case is called is the, uh, the Hopkinsville Goblin. Goblin? Goblin. Like D&D &D Goblin. <laughs> like little tiny green guy, pointy ears. Yeah. Except that's just kind of a name that they gave it. It's really more of a not a goblin. Okay. <laughs> right. And there's a bunch of them. <laughs> I'm really excited to get into this. So uh, let's start the story. On August 21st, 1955, it was just like any other day for the police of Hopkinsville, Kentucky. For the most part, the craziest thing that happened were minor traffic tickets and like the occasional jaywalker. Fairly normal day for the police. And Hopkinsville today has about a 31,000 population, but... You know, back in 1955, I imagine it was not that high. <laughs> so things were relatively normal until it turned to night. Just shortly after 11 p.m., a group of 11 people barged into the police station, and the police quickly realized that it was a local family that went by the name the Suttons, along with a few other kind of random people they haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I noticed right off the bat in this story was that the number of people always shifted so I'm going by the History Channel's article saying that it was 11 people, 8 adults, 3 children. But I found other versions of the article saying that it was like 5 adults and 7 kids. And there was like 13 people instead of 11. So I'm going by History Channel. <laughs> okay. Right. I just thought that was kind of a weird thing where it's just, do they not have the exact people that was well, in? Well, right off the bat, that's kind of like a red flag. Right. And, and that's what I thought too. There were eight adults and three children, and all of them were, like, completely petrified. And the police immediately knew that something serious happened to them. Like, little kids were crying. <laughs> and the adults were freaking out. And the police chief, Russell Greenwell, whenever he kind of talks about the Suttons, he says, and I quote, These aren't the kind of people who normally run to the police for help. These are the type of people that grab their guns. Okay. They're kind of like, you know, a little bit of a tougher family in Kentucky. They're like, we don't want the police to handle this. Get off my land. I'm going to shoot you type of people. 
and these these people were petrified. <laughs> Gotta bring in the uh, bigger guns. Apparently. The other thing you need to know about the Suttons is that they lived on a large extended farm in Kelly. Kelly is kind of like a small, unofficial, official community, kind of in Christian County. And it's about a 10 minute drive from Hopkinsville, which is why it's called the Kelly Hopkinsville Encounter. Mm -hmm. So literally pulled up on the map, it's like 10 minute drive and you're right there. But it's not like a town or I wouldn't even call it a neighborhood. It's just kind of like, like a cul-de-sac almost. But with farms with large land. <laughs> mm -hmm. So earlier that day, before the sons arrived to the police station, they threw a small little party slash family gathering on their farm. But it wasn't just the Suttons. They also invited 21-year-old Billy Ray Taylor and his 18-year-old wife, June. Billy and June traveled there all the way from Pennsylvania. And they were invited because Billy was friends with one of the Suttons, whose name was Elmer Lucky Sutton. Lucky being the name he primarily went by and the two of them met together while they were working at a traveling carnival. So they've been friends for like quite a few years at this point. Around 7 p.m., it was unusually hot. Like, you know, the sun was kind of starting to set, but it was still pretty sunny. And Billy Ray Taylor decides to go out and get some water from the backyard. They had a well. It was 1955, you know, they didn't really have that much of indoor plumbing in this area. <laughs> mm -hmm. He looks up into the sky. And what he sees in the sky completely throws him off. He sees this giant metal silver object floating above him. Billy Ray went on to say, and I quote, it was real bright with an exhaust all colors of the rainbow, unquote. And this is supposed to be goblins and not aliens? <laughs> so it's actually aliens, but a lot of people like to call them goblins. And I even read some people calling them gremlins. But, alien encounter. Wasn't prepared for that, huh? Going sci-fi this route. <laughs> I'm just baffled about why they're calling it goblins instead of aliens. Aliens would be the more, like, you know, people go out hunting UFOs. Not goblins. <laughs> right. Well, well, the Roswell incident was in 1947, so aliens were just kind of a relatively new thing. Same with UFOs. Like, this is in 1955, so this is only eight years after the Roswell incident. Billy Ray was completely shocked, and, like, he had no idea what he was looking at. He said he watched the silver object float in the sky for a moment, and the weirdest thing was that it wasn't making any sound. Like, you know, it wasn't a plane. It wasn't a hot air balloon. Well, not that hot air balloons really make a whole lot of sound, but, you know, it, it was just, it was very odd because this thing was huge. He also said that it stopped above the house for a moment and just floated there. Did it shoot down a green beam of light? It did not shoot down a green beam of light. But after it hovered above the house for a moment, it basically went off and moved out of sight and dropped straight to the ground into a 40-foot ravine that was at the end of the field on the farm. He knows that's where the ravine is, but now it's just kind of like, he can't see it. So Billy freaks out and runs immediately back to the farm, panicking. And like, he, the whole party comes to a crashing stop. Everyone's just kind of like, oh my god, what's going on? And that's when he went on to describe what he saw outside. And everyone laughed at him. They're like, Billy Ray. Of course. Yeah, Billy Ray, you jokester. <laughs> 
And, I mean, I would do the same thing if someone said that they saw aliens. Right. And everyone was just like, no, nah, come on, you're messing with us. Like, don't stop trying to scare people. You didn't see anything metallic in the sky. Get, get on with your life. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they ridiculed him. It kind of went to the point where Billy Ray was just like, yeah, you know, okay, maybe maybe it was all in my head and I was just missing things. Which I more logical. Yeah, you know, I can kind of get behind that where you think you see something and everyone's like, dude, come on. And then there's kind of like the wanting to fit in where it's just like, okay, yeah, maybe it was just in my head. Like, I'm crazy. Forget me. Yeah. (laughs) The thing that I find most interesting about this entire incident, after he came running in panicking, no one went outside to go check out what he saw. And he told him that he saw something land in the ravine and no one thought it was a great idea to go investigate the ravine well at that point it's also kind of like someone says that they saw something so unbelievable that it just can't be real so why spend the energy to go outside to this far off sort of ravine Mm -hmm. um i don't know how far away it was was the 40 like it was 40 feet deep or 40 feet away or does that say so the ravine was 40 feet wide oh it was 40 feet wide yeah Um, yeah because if it was 40 feet away and he saw a spaceship landing i feel like he would still be able to see that i mean that kind of makes sense on why they didn't even go check because it's such a far off story that's like you know, the little boy who cried wolf type of thing. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's kind of weird because he came in panicking. Like, literally, the whole party came, like, record-scratching stop. And, like, the guy was clearly freaked out. And instead, they were just kind of like, oh, shut up. I-, I don't know. I guess if someone came panicking running into my house that I was friends with, I think I would at least go give them the courtesy to go check things out or just peek outside, you know? I think the thing that may have stopped them was that he did kind of agree with them. Like, oh, yeah, like probably in my mind right um if he made persisted more and be like no i'm gonna show you guys then they might have gone out but he kind of disregarded his own story to right as you say like (laughs) yeah save face blend in whatever right so now an hour passes after this whole little ordeal and everyone's kind of resumed their party and they're like okay yeah you know it's great and then all of a sudden, the family dog starts barking outside. It's not like a someone's here. It's like violently barking, if that makes sense. Like, it's scared, it's unsure of something, and it's just nonstop barking. So at this point, that's when Lucky and Billy decide to go to the back door. And now it's around 8 p.m. It's completely dark. They say they can make out their dog, and it has its tail between its legs. As it's barking, it just stops, turns around, and runs underneath the house. And the dog remains there for the rest of the day. Like, and during this whole encounter. Damn, that's one scared dog. Yes. So, and even kind of like, uh, Lucky made a joke. He was like, oh, what kind of good dog are you getting scared like that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So out of the darkness, Billy Ray and Lucky start seeing this faint glowing in the distance. They're watching it, and the glowing's getting brighter as it's moving closer to the house. And that's kind of when Billy Ray and Lucky start making out another shape in the glow. It's a tiny man. A man that was so small he was about three and a half feet tall, but it wasn't quite human looking. Green skin, big head, little stick body. No. It had a massive round head. Its arms were long and almost touched the ground. 
and his hands had super sharp talons. One of the most like distinguishing features on it was that the creature had these massive eyes that glowed yellow, and its body was made out of a silver metal that gave off a weird glow. So not your traditional alien look. And I mean, the big round head is kind of the same thing. Big eyes, but they're, you said, like, a yellow gold instead of, like, a gray or black. Yeah, so let me show you, actually, an artist's picture of what it looks like. Eh, yeah. Fun little side note, this creature was actually the design for the famous Pokemon, Sableye. Oh, Sableye. Yeah, so Pokemon decided to model this, like, picture of the creature off of the Hopkinsville goblin. That's kind of cool. Yeah, no, I thought that was really neat. Other than, like, the creature's weird appearance, which the men are kind of, like, freaking out about, it was doing one other very weird thing. And this creature had its hands raised above its head, kind of like it was surrendering or, as they put it, being mugged. Like, hands up? Hands up, walking towards the house. I come in peace. Literally. That, see, that's my first initial <laughs> thing. And you, you would think, like, okay, yeah, weird looking thing, but, like, it doesn't look hostile. What would you do if you saw that? You know, it's something you've never seen before, but it doesn't look hostile, and its hands are above its head walking towards you. I would still tell someone to go get a gun, but I would watch it very carefully. Okay. Just in case it does turn hostile. Because this is a new thing. If you're saying it's an alien, like, it could be from another planet where, you know, hands up could mean, like, you get down on the ground, I'm going to kill you right now. That's fair. Different culture. Exactly. Right. Billy Ray and Lucky decide to grab a 20-gauge shotgun and a 22 rifle, and they post up behind the back door. <laughs> And the second this thing is within 20 feet of the back door, they open fire and shoot through, shoot through the screen door. Here's the fun part. This uh, little goblin thing did a backflip and avoided all the bullets. Matrix that stuff. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and then at this point, the goblin basically runs out into the darkness and it disappears for a moment. So again, the party comes to a crashing hall, and that's when Billy Ray and Lucky, they decide to go into the living room, because now the family's kind of panicking. They're like, what did you just shoot at? And they're trying to explain what they saw. But that's when they see another goblin pop up in the window. <laughs> and instinctively, they start shooting at it through the window. And the window was kind of open, so it wasn't like glass. It was... Um, it was like a screen protector. So they're shooting through the screen, and that's when this creature again does a flip off the window <laughs> and dodges the bullets. And the men are just like, what is happening? Like, <laughs> and I imagine they're not horrible shots, you know? Hopefully not. I, I, would, I would think living in Kentucky, they would have more knowledge on how to use guns <laughs> and be better, yeah. have better shots. So I'm going to say, you know, supernaturally alien matrix exactly basically so now both the men are just kind of like well we need to go outside <laughs> so billy ray and lucky go to the front door billy ray runs out first and he kind of stops at the entrance of the front door and above the front door was like an overhang with kind of like a roof mm -hmm. so as he's about to take his first step into the yard he kind of like hesitates for a moment and that's when everyone behind him starts 
panicking and they're freaking out and he kind of turns around like what's going on one of the men in the party grabs billy ray and pulls him back into the house and he turns around looks up and he sees this large talon swooping down from like the top of the roof or the overhang (laughs) at this point lucky pushes past him and starts firing at the creature and this shotgun blast finally hits it but here's the fun part the second the creature gets hit it literally makes a metallic noise like metal hitting metal right and then they hear like this weird ricochet sound like you know like you're literally shooting at like a metal car or something the creature gets knocked off the roof hits the ground but then there's no blood this thing is completely unfazed and gets up and runs back into the darkness one of the women in the party starts screaming and they look over at a nearby tree and they see a second one just sitting in the tree watching. So instinctively, they pick up their guns and shoot at the, <laughs> at the creature in the tree. Of course. And this one does a flip and then gently floats to the ground. Like it can almost fly. The second it touches the ground, they shoot four more rounds at it. It hits every single time, but this thing's unfazed and it just runs back into the darkness. After this kind of last encounter, the family's like, I, I don't know what to do. It's getting later. This, they kind of are just like, do we stay here? Do, you know, do we leave? And around 11 p.m., that's when they have enough, and they decide that they need to go to the police. So they all hop in a car, and they drive 10 minutes away to the Hopkinsville police. So now we go back to the beginning of the story, where the police are sitting peacefully at their desk (laughs) when a family of 11 people barge in, freaking out. So the cops calm them down. And they're like, okay, you know, tell us what's happening. And they explain the crazy situation that just happened for the past few, like, three hours. The cops are just cracking up, basically. What the family basically did to Right. They're like, what? Come on. Except for the police chief. So the chief is just kind of like, I don't believe in this whole monster thing that they're saying. But if you're shooting guns, there could be, there could have been a potential gunfight between civilians. So he kind of takes this more serious. He gets four police officers, five state troopers, three sheriffs, and even calls Fort Campbell, a nearby army base, and four army men all rally together and head to this farm thinking, maybe there was a big gunfight. Because, you know, they're explaining how this this lasted for three hours. Sorry, how? Repeat that again? Four police officers, five state troopers, three sheriffs, and four army men. That's a lot. That is a lot. I feel like that's overkill. Maybe. It's almost a ridiculous amount for what they say is two small little, you know, three foot tall things. That are impervious to bullets and can float. And have long claws. Yeah. But still, if they don't believe them about like the alien story, why are they bringing out so many people? No, and that's like a really good point because... It, I mean, 16 armed men on top of the Suttons. Let's say you're not counting the kids. Let's say, you know, with the eight adults plus 16, that's 24 people that could be potentially armed. So it does seem like overkill, but police chief took it serious. So he's like, well, you know, better be on the safe side and reach out to everyone. They all get to the farm and they're looking around for evidence. Everyone's kind of checking out the ravine. They don't see anything. The only thing they see is all the gunshots that the Suttons said that they fired, you know. Shots through the screen, through the window. They can find bullet casings on the ground, but no evidence of blood or aliens. What happened to the dog? 
dog was, was he still, still under the house? He was still under the house up until this point. During, I would have brought the dog with me. God damn. During this three hours, like, after the incident where they shot the one off the tree, like, up until it hit 11 p.m., they would occasionally see one running around, and they would fire at it. Once it hit 11, that's when they were like, police time. <laughs> it was like, the dog was under the house the entire time this was going on. I still wouldn't... You know me and animals. I wouldn't leave my dog. Right. <laughs> I'd be like, get your butt in the car, let's go. Yeah, no, seriously. So the next thing after, you know, they couldn't find any evidence, all the law enforcement started questioning the family more. They were like, how much have you guys been drinking? Like, we know you had a party, like, what's here in the house? And the matriarch of the family said, and I quote, liquor is not allowed on the farmhouse. Because she doesn't want an accident. <laughs> I like that. Right. The matriarch, like, in the family, like, everyone was, like, legit kind of scared of. A true matriarch. Right. You know, older Kentucky woman, no nonsense. Waving and, her cane around, right. probably. And, like, for the next few days, it was a huge media encounter. So, you know, you have so many reporters. And the matriarch the whole time was like, I don't want interviewers. Get off my land. She did not want to be interviewed by anyone. It took actually kind of a lot of talking to convince her to do, like, some interviews. I can just imagine... This little old woman that everyone's scared of with, like, a shotgun on her porch. Just like, in a rocking every time, chair. <laughs> every time a reporter comes around, like, she just gives them a glare and they speed off. Right. Totally. I would 100% <laughs> believe that. And the family put up, like, no trespassing signs. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they were trying to get them off the land, but that didn't work. And naturally, the reporters kept storming the land trying to get interviews and take photos and everything. This is when the, the dumbest thing, in my opinion, happens. The Suttons decide that, fine, reporters are going to come on here. We're going to start charging admission. Here's what they charged. 50 cents for entering the property, $1 for information, and $10 for taking photos. And because they did that, a lot of people now believe that this whole encounter was just a hoax to make money. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Right. A few years go by, and there's another kind of alleged alien encounter in Kentucky nearby. This one has, is about a woman by herself on a farm, and there's, like, this six-foot-tall green alien that she saw. This is actually kind of the funny thing, because a lot of people get those confused because they were so close. And eventually, whenever people started talking about the Kelly Hopkinville encounter, they started referring to aliens as little green men, even though they weren't actually green. Because they would associate it with this other case, and that's how the term little green men came to be. So they're kind of blending... Yeah. The two together. The one, the six foot tall. Green alien. With the, okay. Right. So now, years later, everyone's just like little green men. And that's literally like where that term came from, which I thought was kind of cool because, you know, you, you hear that all the time when you talk yeah. about aliens. Now, let's get into some of the more realistic reasons of what could have actually happened that night. Billy Ray said he saw a silver UFO that was exhausting rainbow colors. What actually happened are happened that same day was that there was a comet passing earth and you know how comets leave kind of have like a tail that's all metallic and kind of pretty looking some of the people said well maybe it wasn't a ufo maybe it was just a comet passing overhead and he got confused between the two i feel like a comet would have passed over faster though like he's saying like it's like hovering over the house mm -hmm. like when i think of a comet falling it's like a shooting star literally goes by really fast right the next thing was the aliens so this area of kentucky had a lot of great horned owls 
you know, they're pretty big and they have like white silvery feathers that can reflect moonlight, which is what kind of people thought the glow was. And then on top of it, they have huge talons and they're pretty territorial and attack at night. So a lot of people were thinking that that would also explain the floating that it was actually owls and it was just so dark that they thought it was something else. Yes. My mind goes to the dog. Like in the story, would the dog be scared of the great horned owl? Like I don't I mean, think that it would. Maybe if there was a bunch or it got hurt somehow, but I didn't read any reports of it saying it got hurt. That's the one thing to me. Like I can get on the great horned owl train, but it, my mind always goes back to the dog and its reaction. Right. And then, of course, the last thing why people think this is, like, a big hoax is because of... The money. The money. That was the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. Tori, do you think the family actually saw a bunch of aliens? Possibly. Like I said, my thoughts immediately go to the dog and its reaction. I don't think it would react that way to one or even two great horned owls. The comet, unless it's passing by slower... Which I don't know if it would. I've never seen a... Well, it's not like a shooting star. Like, comets legit kind of orbit the Earth a little bit, which is why a lot of people make big deals out of them. Yeah, but even then, I still feel like it would be faster than, you know, somebody thinking it was floating above them. No, and that's like a very good point, because, I mean, I feel like you'd be able to tell the difference between a comet and a metallic ship that's apparently close to the ground. And then with the money thing... Unless they were planning, like, oh yeah, we're all going to tell this story, and it's going to make us a bunch of money, and people are going to be hounding us for all this information, we're going to charge them. You don't know that the story is going to be that interesting. They were trying to ward people away from the house for so long that it kind of makes me think that they basically just turned a annoying situation good for them. Or maybe they were thinking that if they start charging, people will go away. Yeah. Either way, very interesting case. I just like to think that uh, none of this would have happened if they didn't shoot the thing raising its arms and surrender. <laughs> I don't know. If I saw something like that, I really would give it the benefit of the doubt and be like, I don't think this thing's trying to hurt me. And again, if it was a great horned owl and it was raising its hands or wings up, that just doesn't seem like a great horned owl to me. Right. No, I'm... Like, raising its wings up, like, I feel like you could tell the difference between, like, long skinny arms and, like... Yeah. These long wings. Oh, yeah, no, totally. I completely agree with that 100%. So then that doesn't make sense to me. As much as I do, like, to debunk, like, some alien and ghost stories, like... I do believe in that stuff. Right. And I don't think we're the only ones out there. No, and I agree with you entirely. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they might, might have seen something. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in this episode. If you guys think that the uh, family encountered actual aliens, let us know in the comments on YouTube below. And if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to share this episode with your friends because we appreciate it. <laughs> we do. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you next time. See you guys.